Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome to yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing out there? It's that time again where I have Jared Dillard, the voice of the Columbus Lions, on the show. As I always do weekly, we recap the Columbus Lions and uh, what they have done. Well, Jared, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that the regular season is over. I mean, it was a fun season. Uh, we do have the playoffs, unfortunately. The Columbus Lions are going to be on the road. I know we were hoping for that home game, but Jared, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me once again. Yeah, regular season comes to an end. It came to an end rather with with a with a big statement win by the Lions at home against the Predators. There wasn't as much on the line as there could have been. If the Lions lost that game to Carolina and some other things went their way or, or went for the Predators. Uh, that could have been a battle for the last spot in the NAL playoffs. But instead, everything was kind of locked up other than where the Lions were going to fall. And the Lions put out a great showing, ended up winning 71-14. to 14. And to be quite honest, on the broadcast, I didn't realize it until after the broadcast uh, when some other people mentioned it, but Orlando didn't even score in the second half. Wow. Got blanked, uh, outscored 33 to nothing in the fourth uh, in the second half. It was an incredible performance, offense, defense, special teams. Mason Espinoza didn't even play at quarterback. He had a work obligation. So in comes Daniel Smith. And I said on the broadcast, I believe he is the best backup quarterback in the NAL. And he's got a future with the Columbus Lions. I expect him to be the starting quarterback in 2023. He had four touchdowns and he didn't skip a beat. I know he had a hot start in his first two starts and then he struggled on the road and he gets replaced by Mason, but he doesn't quit. He stays resilient. Any average player would have just left the team if they got replaced by the NAL MVP, but he learned from the best. Mason uh, took him under his wings, and and he uh, he flourished. He did, and you hope that that was a, uh, a culmination of taking a couple of weeks learning behind Mason – and you're seeing that development uh, from Daniel Smith. Well, Jared, we have a special guest on the show, and uh, I'm really pleased to have this guy. He is the defensive back for the Columbus Lions, the leading interceptions leader this year. Had two picks in that game against Orlando, and he also had three picks in that game against San Antonio, and uh, that was huge, getting the ball back for Columbus to make that comeback on the gunslingers. DB Maurice Leggett. Maurice, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I, I know you're excited about the playoffs. The Columbus Lions ride a three-game win streak up to Carolina. I know you wanted to host that game at the Columbus Civic Center, but you were able to beat Carolina up there in Greensboro a couple of weeks ago. The Columbus Lions still have a shot at hosting the home playoff game for the NAL Championship if Jacksonville beats Albany, but, you know, 
the last time we rooted for Jacksonville, well, look what happened. Yeah, I know. Uh, we just can't. We can't worry about that because none of that matters if we don't go out there and win. So our main focus is just going out there and beating the Cobras. Of this year, in the last couple of games, your defensive coordinator ended up stepping on the field and Damian Daniels. Just talk about what it was like, kind of that moment you realized that, wait a minute, Coach is going gonna, is gonna to suit up for us. I'm going to be standing next to him. I'm not I'm not surprised. I, I talked with him throughout uh, last season as well, and he was thinking about it. We're not too far off in age, so me coming out of retirement midseason and coming to play, it's not too far-fetched that he would do it. Once you, like If you're not far off from there, you get that itch when you stay close. Maurice, for many of uh, my listeners who don't know who Maurice Leggett is, I mean, you have been a legend in the state of Georgia, won two uh, national titles with Valdosta State in 2004 and 2007, played high school uh, ball here in Georgia, played for the Kansas City Chiefs, played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL, and you won an AFL championship with the Albany Empire in 2019. And Back at it again with the Columbus Lions, and uh, you were one of the leaders on that secondary for the Lions. And with six interceptions, and I got to say, every interception you had this year was huge. They were game changers, and it really flipped the momentum in that game. Uh, what do you enjoy most about playing DB? I, I, I don't get hit as much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I got hit early on in my in my life of uh, football, and I said I don't like this, so I'd rather do the hitting than getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> For the the Lions in the last like couple of years, but this year especially, the defense has been really outstanding for the Lions up to the point where the last game against Orlando, not only did the Lions win seventy one to fourteen, but you blanked the Predators in the second half. Just talk about. What, how ferocious this defense is for the Lions? We, we just, we can't get complacent. Once we, once we do that, like we got to stay hungry. And you can, you can tell like the difference when we're hungry. Uh, our, it starts up front, you know, led by Kerry Starks. He's, he's phenomenal. I think he's leading the league in sacks. And you got a veteran, Ken Washington. You got guys just always, um, like endless contributions that help us on the back end. And that's where it starts. Yeah, Kerry Starks does lead the NAL with 10 sacks total. Only person with double-digit sacks on the season. And you are second in the NAL in interceptions with six, right behind Dalvin Randall of Orlando with eight. So it is a Lions defense that has made teams cough up the ball a lot. And it does start with Ken Washington up front along with Kerry Starks, DeAndre Brown. And, I mean, the DBs are nothing to, nothing to look, you know, nothing to sneeze at either. You know, you back there, along with, you know, Damian Daniels, Jack Durrell Green. I mean, this is a defense that I think any NL team would love to have. Uh, we were actually, you know, or a veteran core. Like, you got me and the Nighthawk. We're, we're over 35. A lot of football, and it, it was great just playing alongside of each other uh, this season. And then you have with Rodney Hall, it was an experienced arena football guy. And then we we got uh, Drell Green that we was teaching along the way last season. That's a great veteran core, and we can play anywhere on the field. 
So, Maurice, uh, with you being a playmaker on defense, with the new Ironman rules, you have an opportunity to play on the offensive side of the ball. And your ball hawking skills at the defensive back position can carry over to a wide receiver position if needed. Coach Gibson can throw you in there and as a slot receiver and you can make things happen. I know that being DB is, is fun and that's probably your favorite role, but uh, what is it like to, to score a touchdown, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but if you get a chance to play offense or special teams, having that opportunity to score a touchdown? Uh, I mean, it's a great feeling, but I've always played offense. Most of my skills came from my coaches in school. Even in college, like I was, the, I was a either a kick returner because I, I couldn't do punt returns because I was the one blocking the punts. So even in the NFL, like that was just me. I've always been an offensive guy. I just didn't like getting hit. So, so the best way to avoid getting hit is to score <laughs> or play defense. So every time I get my hands on the ball, I I would run the score, as my old coach Ryan would say from Mount Zion High School. Well, Maurice, let's talk about that NFL career. You played for the Kansas City Chiefs from 2008 to 2010. That was before Alex Smith got there. That was before Andy Reid. Did you play with Coach Dick Vermeil or Herman Edwards? I can't remember who the coach was during Kansas City. My rookie year was Herm Edwards. Oh, I, I love Herm Edwards. You played to win the game. <laughs> He's one of my favorite coaches ever, all time, for sure. Did he tell you to get off Twitter? Don't press send? Uh, he's always saying that um, he didn't have too much worry about me doing that stuff. But uh, a lot of the stuff he said, he doesn't cuss, but he found a way to, to cuss me out. <laughs> uh, and, like, that's when I found out he didn't cuss because, you know, the defensive back coach said that he doesn't cuss, but he always cusses at you, and. And that was just, I guess that was his way of trying to light a spark in me, but uh, that he did. Um, we've, we've had several conversations, and there was times where I thought I had a great game, and he would pull me to the side and, and say, hey, it wasn't all that great. And and it was just, it just helped me. And I got, ended up getting the Mackley Hill Award that year. From that NFL career with the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, and you talked about how much, you know, how fun her memories was and how he's your favorite coach that you've had. What are some other just life lessons or anything you learned on or off the field during your stint with Kansas City that you take to the NAL or you take to your hometown community? Just being a better person. If the game of football is all you've learned from their coaches, then they don't need to be your coach. They don't need to be coaching. So for me, if I'm if I'm actually teaching someone about the game of football, I'm not I'm teaching them more than the game of football. I'm, not, I'm teaching them how like it correlates to your life, yeah. how it correlates to everything else. Um, and then another Herm Edwards, I had a I had an off game as far as execution standpoint, but I did. You know, everybody sees me make the plays, but I could have had a like instead of a pass breakup, I could have had an interception or a pick six and. He just pulled me to the side and said, I'm not a draft pick. I can't make the same mistakes as those draft picks. Uh, the room, uh, the margin of error is extremely slim to somebody like me because of my, just because of where I was in a draft pick. So basically that's part of my resume. So if you're not, you don't have 
huge resume and you're not putting in the work, you have a small margin of error. And that's with life, too. Did you happen to play with the uh, Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez? Oh, yes. That was my rookie year. He pulled me to the side after practice and he told me to try to break his forearm every time the jugs machine comes out. And this is before the ball gets to him. So he practices on him getting pass interference all the time. And I was one of the guys my rookie year. He would just just hold his hands out, and then he'll say, hit me before the ball gets there. And I would have to rake his arm down. What was your experience like playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL? Ooh, it was uh, it was great. It started off amazing um, at, outside of our record not being great. I was the team's defensive player of the year. It had me up for for the entire league. I felt like I got snubbed. Every time I got beat out for defensive player of the year, that same guy would win the would win the actual award. So it was kind of fun <laughs> with that. Um, the city loved me. The city loved me. I loved the city. I ended up moving my family up there, and they did a lot for me. We didn't. I didn't even pay for vegetables. <laughs> That's nice. But it did mean a lot to come back and play for your home state. You went to high school in Georgia. You played college ball at Georgia at Valdosta State. Playing for the Columbus Lions in front of the home fans, uh, what does that mean to, to return home and, and play in Columbus representing the state of Georgia? It means, it means a lot. There are a lot of people that wanted to see me play, but for un- unforeseen reason, they, they weren't able to come to Canada or watch a game when I was playing in the NFL. So this is like pretty much more opportunity for them to come see me play or like my high school classmates they get to go down memory lane but actually see it live in a professional atmosphere so that means a lot to me all right maurice let's talk about the game this saturday of course myself and jerry we're going to be watching it Uh, i've been trying to find a watch party maybe at outskirts bar and grill Uh, down in downtown columbus they're gonna have a watch party at a pizza place we're gonna be rooting on for the columbus lions not sure who the quarterback is going to be for carolina there's talks that jonathan bain is going to come back from suspension but I think that Malik Henry has had the hot hand for Carolina. You saw them a couple of weeks ago, and you were able to get the victory in Greensboro with that amazing 39-13 to lead. However, they did come back on you. But you were able to be resilient, and you hold on for the win. Uh, what adjustments uh, are you going to try to do? Like in practice, uh, what is the coach focusing on in practice to get you ready for Carolina the second time in three weeks? It's not too much of an adjustment. We've played these guys three times. So we're expecting the unexpected, but we're also uh, expecting them to do what they're, they're great at. And one thing with Malik is we have to keep him contained. We can't let him extend the play. And of course he's very elusive. So all we have to do is just actually make the tackles. And I feel like we will be all right. Carolina is a team that you've been able to go on the road and get a win with. The other one being San Antonio uh, in week two for Columbus uh, before you end up coming back. But the, the Lions have had a tough time winning on the road. What's kind of that mindset knowing the record isn't all that great on the road, but you still got to go up there and get a, a tough win? We just have to get past the, the, the excuses of um, – us being on the road, nothing nothing matters but the playoff game where anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, your adrenaline's going even more. 
uh, you won't have the same routine, and that's probably what the biggest issue was. But we have to learn. We've been playing these guys for three, you know, three weeks, and that is that is huge. So we're staying in the same hotel. So we should have a, a better routine than we normally haven't had in the past going into Carolina. Maurice, have you heard the latest injury uh, report on DeAndre Brown and Damian Daniel? No, I have not. Well, I wish them a speedy recovery. Hopefully we could get them back in the lineup. But, I mean, you guys have been preparing for Carolina all week. Uh, I know you guys are going to make the travel up to Greensboro. And I uh, wish you the best of luck this Saturday. We're all going to be watching from Columbus. And I know some Columbus Lions fans will make the trip. It's only an eight-hour drive, and we can, we can <laughs> drive up there. Why not? <laughs> You might as well. You could have the podcast show right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maurice, as always, thank you so much for being a guest on the show, and good luck on Saturday against Carolina. Thank you for having me. All right, that was DB Maurice Leggett of the Columbus Lions. Number 31 leads the team with six interceptions, and he was a great guest. Well, Jared, Maurice was a great guest, wasn't he? He was, and hearing about how his stand in Kansas City, and I should have really followed up on the whole he didn't have to pay for vegetables thing up in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> really should have followed up on that. Like, there, there, That's there, awesome. There was, a, there was a story there, but we did, we, did not, we, did, we did not dig deeper on it. Well, I knew he was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs before Andy Reid got there because he got there in 2012. It was a really tough time in Kansas City when the – the transition between Herm Edwards, they had Todd Haley as a coach. They had Romeo Cornell. Mm-hmm. Their quarterbacks were Brody Croyle, Tyler Thigpen, and it was tough. I mean, they traded away Tony Gonzalez to the Atlanta Falcons in 2009. Uh, but, yeah, he, he got some playing time in the NFL. You know, he, he had an interception, according to uh, profootballreference.com. And, you know, I'm happy that Maurice Leggett, who is a veteran defensive back, is playing in Columbus because he plays the game right. And that's why Coach Gibson signed him, because he is the perfect Ironman football player. How many times have we been on the broadcast? We saw Maurice Leggett with the wide receiver step for step, not get a penalty called on him as he covered the wide receiver perfectly. And he is just just a godsend, just coming back to Columbus out of retirement. I mean, him and the other players like Rodney Hall, Darrell Green, and the Nighthawk really have stepped up in this secondary and has made this Columbus defense special. Yeah, I mean, it's a secondary that I, I think that I would take over any secondary in the league right now. And, and you, you you talk about, he he mentioned it, like him and Damian Daniels, they're 35-plus they're years old. You know, they're, they're not as young as they used to be. Uh, but they're still holding it down. And not only that, they bring so much experience. They bring so much experience to that Columbus Lions defense, when you have that kind of mentorship that you can give a, a guy like, you know, Kerry Starks who has 10 sacks and is leading the league or, you know, your big defensive lineman up front. And then just think about the Lions get a couple of DBs in there that can learn. You know, you'll have an easy transition from a defense side of the football. Just like how we see Espinosa, you know, teaching Daniel Smith, you know, those that DB core can be teaching the next young Lion DB core and then AL. Jared, I got to admit, I'm going to be watching the game on YouTube, but I'm kind of going to sneak over and check out that Jacksonville-Albany game. Do you think Jacksonville has a shot at upsetting Albany up in Albany, New York? 
I do. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been saying this on the message boards and on other podcasts, but I mean, the league is like number three can host number four at this point. It, it, it really can be like that. I mean, these teams are so evenly matched. Uh, Jacksonville, I mean, elephant in the room. Does Devin Wilson play? I don't really, I know he's been suspended indefinitely. Uh, I don't know if that meant for the rest of this season. I don't know if that just meant until he met, he met some kind of goal that the commissioner has like written on paper. Uh, as far as right now on the transaction list, as of July 27th, he is still listed as suspended indefinitely. So unless something ha- crazy happened the next couple of days, he won't be suiting up for Jacksonville. It is a big loss. Uh, but, I mean, they have other wide receivers that can step up and, and get the job done. Uh, against Albany, and Albany had a really tough game against San Antonio, pulled it out at the very, very end. Uh, but I think for the Empire, it was a it was a good tune-up game to get arguably one of the best teams in the NAL and the Gunslingers to come up there and kind of test your metal a little bit. All right, so the Columbus Lions, they've got to get past the Carolina Cobras. If they're able to get past the Carolina Cobras, there's a possibility that they will face the Albany Empire once again for the NAL championship. It will be August the 13th because they are given the bye. And uh, talk to Coach Gibson. They've had the bye before, I believe in 16 and 17. That was actually the first year of the NAL in 2017. And it's, it's a good opportunity for these teams to just get a week preparing that mindset to play in a championship game. I still believe even though Albany has the number one seed, they have the MVP candidate, Sam Castronova. They have the best wide receiver in all of the National Arena League, Darius Prince. I feel that the Columbus Lions match up well with them because Mason Espinosa has not faced Albany yet. Albany mm-hmm. faced Columbus with Danny Southwick, Darren Daniel, and Daniel Smith. That was on the road. It was, you know, it was not the outcome that the Lions wanted. But I feel that Mason is going to be ready for whatever opponent. And it doesn't really matter if it's at home. I know we want to have the game at home, but these games are going to be on the road. And Coach Gibson has done it before. He has won games on the road in the playoffs. And when it comes to the playoffs, I take that coaching experience as a huge advantage. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of people talk about how Jason Gibson – is one of the best, like, you know, X's and O coaches, especially because he played in that Iron Man kind of setup. So he's the kind of guy that you do not want to face with this new, with the new Iron Man rules in place. And for a guy like Mason Espinosa to be on your offense, right? Now, I'll remember the last time that Espinosa played the Empire was last year in the championship game up in Albany. And it was back and forth for a while until Albany pulled away. 79 to 62 but you can argue that Columbus has an even better defense than this past year and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder I think I think you told me that coach Gibson said when talking about Albany that some people will consider it a, a rivalry game between Columbus and Albany but Gibson said it's not a rivalry until we can win a game and for the Lions that's been tough sledding so far against Albany And Columbus has got to get past the Carolina Cobras first. They won the season series with the Cobras two to one. So this is the fourth time that the Lions are going to play the Carolina Cobras. That first time they played them was at the Columbus Civic Center 
it was a shocker. It was one of the biggest upsets in the NAL up to that point in the season, 55 to 28. And Jonathan Bain, who was a hot quarterback, he was an MVP leading candidate for the Carolina Cobras, struggled in that game, and Columbus was able to get the win. Columbus did lose up in Carolina the first time, and Malik Henry got the start for the Carolina Cobras. And Daniel Smith was at quarterback. You know, watching a little bit of that game, I mean, Columbus just turned the ball over. They didn't get the breaks they needed, and uh, that was a tough loss. But then they played practically a perfect game in that first half, jumping out to the 14-0 lead thanks to the pick six by the Nighthawk. And Mason Espinoza took the ball down in the first drive to get the touchdown. I think that is going to be key. If the Columbus Lions could get off to that hot start, uh, really, when I'm watching these games and they defer to the second half, I, if, if they could stop the other team on that first drive, that is a huge win. And uh, they've been able to do that many times, and that's why they were able to jump out to that 39-13 lead against Carolina. However, Malik Henry, great quarterback. He was able to make the comeback, and Carolina took the lead 46-39 to in that game. But Columbus knows that if they get a big lead, they know what to expect. And uh, they're not afraid of Carolina. They're able to beat them up in Carolina. I think it's going to be a great game. It is going to be a great game. And for the Cobras, they played some good football in the last six quarters. Uh, They didn't play very well in the first half against Columbus, but came out firing in the second half. And against Jacksonville, they had a tough first quarter with only nine points and was trailing 20 to nine, but really turned it on in the second quarter with 30 points. Uh, so it's a Carolina team that's finding their rhythm. They're, they're, they're getting used to each other. Remember, they, they added a lot of pieces to their team. And they, they're getting hot at the right time. They're warming up, and they get a home game. So once again, they're going to face the Columbus Lions. It's, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, but it really may come down to who gets, who gets off to the slow start first. Because if you start slow in this kind of matchup between Carolina and Columbus, you may be the one trying to play catch up the rest of the way. Oh, I cannot wait. This Saturday at 7 p.m. up in Greensboro, North Carolina, we'll be watching the game on YouTube. Jared, it's been a great show. We had Maurice Leggett on as a guest. Uh, Keep in mind, if you're a Lions fan and you're feeling maybe a little bit nervous about this game, the Lions have made the playoffs every year, and in every year but one, they've made it to the championship game. So this is a team that has that championship pedigree in their DNA. That is awesome. And stay tuned for next week's show because we're going to have a special guest. It's going to be one of those shows where we wrap up the regular season. And uh, what better way than to get an NAL expert, Zach Kelman from the host inside the walls podcast is going to be joining Jared and myself just to wrap up the season, possibly preview the championship game against Columbus and just maybe pick some uh, awards for the NAL. And I kind of want to ask him if he is a voting member on that, too. So it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun. But, uh, Jared, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks once again for being a guest on the show. No problem. It's always fun. And thank you to Maurice Leggett. And I just want to say it's been a great season. Thank you, everybody that has listened to the show. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook. And I'm also on Twitter. Don't forget till tomorrow's show. And also we are on broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 out of noon in Georgia. And I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. We are out of here. Bye.
You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.